Hello and welcome to Town Hall Tattle, the podcast that brings you all the news from South Yorkshire's local authorities. I'm your host, Daniel Andrews. I cover Barnsley and Rotherham councils. And joining me are Sheffield's local democracy reporters, Molly Williams and Lucy Ashton, and Doncaster's LDR, George Tor. So it's that time of year again. The trees are blossoming, the sun's peeking through, and no doubt flyers are landing on your doorstep, full of promises from election hopefuls. Yep, election time is here, and we have three of them in South Yorkshire this May. Sheffield, Barnsley, and the combined authority mayor. Lucy... Elections are often unpredictable and there's a couple of seats in Sheffield which are very hard to call. Where should we be keeping an eye on? That's right, Danny. Um, Last year uh, we had a very, very uh, unpredictable election and I think it somewhat overshadowed the the wards where it was incredibly close. So we have places like Beechief and Greenhill Uh, The Lib Dems won that by just 37 votes. We had Baton, where again, it was a Lib Dem win, but only by 42 votes. And the narrowest majority in the city was East Ecclesfield, once again, Lib Dem, by a mere 20 votes. So you've just mentioned about election leaflets. In areas such as those three wards, um, the candidates will be really going for it this year because it's such a small margin between them. We've then got places like Firth Park. Now, this was quite an interesting one because long-standing Labour councillor, Alan Law, won Firth Park by over a thousand votes in the May local elections. But then Alan had to stand down shortly after due to ill health. So there was a by-election in the autumn and Labour only won the by-election by 41 votes. So that was a huge drop um, in just a few months. We've then got places, um, the two wards who I definitely would not like to call and I really would not like to bet on um, are Hillsborough and Walkley. And they are, I think it's very hard to call those two wards between Labour and the Greens. Now, there's all kinds of factors that uh, affect the local elections. There's... um, there's always um, the government of the time at the moment we know we've got a conservative government they can sometimes impact on local elections in particular we've had Partygate recently um, sometimes it comes down to long-standing councillors um, who people knew and they would vote for them because they knew them and they've been there a long time sometimes when a long-standing councillor leaves um it's not as easy for the party to secure that seat. So there's all, all these kind of factors in play. Um, but it's got, there's going to be, I'd say, half a dozen seats where it's going to be very interesting to watch. I mean, you've done this a lot longer than I have, and I'm always interested in how much national politics affects what's going on locally. And in your time covering councils and elections, Lucy, how much do you think that national national politics affects what's going on locally you do tend to get a mid-term kickback against the government whichever government it is so you'll tend to find as we are now probably you're a couple of years into a government 
Um, a general election is still a couple of years away. So the only way people can really protest against the government is by taking it out uh, against that party in the local elections. So it always has an effect. And you very often find that with um, parliamentary by-elections, where, again, people will vote against the government in a local election. Um, Stocksbridge is always an interesting one to watch. Over the past decade, uh, it's flipped between Lib Dem, Labour and UKIP. Last year, um, it was a very comfortable win for the Tories. Um, they've also got a Tory MP, which tends to help. So, again, I always hesitate and in making any bets. But um, Stocksbridge could well see another Tory win there. Um, so that would be interesting because that would give Sheffield two Tory councillors after a generation of having no Tories. That, that would be a very slight resurgence for them. Um, in other areas, I think it's uh, the rest of Sheffield, it's quite a straight fight uh, between either Labour and the Lib Dems or Labour and the Greens. So do you think that um, the council is going to end up being no overall control again? Yes, I think I can safely bet on that one. I can't see any one party winning enough seats outright to take overall control. What I couldn't predict is what the new coalition would be. Again, will it be Labour and the Greens? Would it be Labour and Lib Dems? Lib Dem and Green? That That is something that I, I wouldn't like to predict. So it's all to play for. It really is. Um, and I think candidates will be very aware of this and they really will be pounding the streets over the next few days. Lucy, do you think if Labour don't take control of Sheffield Council again, that maybe national commentators or opposition parties might turn the screw on Keir Starmer in this respect? With it being a traditionally Labour city and the fact that it's in no overall control, this whole thing about Starmer trying to revamp the Labour Party, could you think you might come in for some criticism if a city like Sheffield doesn't go back Labour? It, it won't be good news for Labour nationally at all. Um, I think Labour have lost seats for the past seven years. So they are in a downward spiral in the city. Um, they labelled obviously say, you know, they've had a decade of austerity and, and government funding cuts and they've been battling with that and then they've had a pandemic on top of it. So Labour would say that they've done the very best they can um, with a very small pot of government money. Uh, but it will be worrying for Labour nationally, uh, without a doubt. I mean, these these are heartland seats that are being eroded. So it, it, I would imagine they will nationally, Labour will be keeping an eye on Sheffield, definitely. I mean, it's going to be an interesting one to watch for the for the whole of South Yorkshire, I think, especially I think eyes are going to be on Sheffield. Um, they were last year, weren't they, Molly? Sheffield's count seemed to be full of action. Um, what, what happened last year and what can people expect this year? Yeah, like you say, Danny, there were some big shockers last year and lots and lots of action. Um, we actually had four different votes going on in Sheffield. Uh, obviously, the referendum and how the council is run, a referendum on a neighbourhood plan, 
in a big part of Sheffield, uh, the Police and Crime Commissioner for South Yorkshire and the locals in all 28 wards. And if that, um, so yeah, so that was probably enough to be getting on with. It was also uh, the first year post-COVID that we had in elections, which came with its own sort of challenges in how polling stations were run, whether that was going to affect turnout and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and then when it came to the actual night of the election, obviously, as we know now, it all sort of kicked off. We uh, we saw the council leader, Bob Johnson, unseated in Hillsborough. Um, the council went to an overall control, as we've talked about, and there was emphatic yes to how to a change in how the council is run. So that obviously was like huge change. And then we had a lot of days where we were just trying to, uh, we were just covering how the council was going to be going forwards, um, how sort of negotiations on coalition were being thrashed out. There were points where they were discussing even a rainbow coalition <clears throat> with Labour, Lib Dems and the Greens all working together. Um, but that sort of didn't work out. And then obviously we ended up with Labour and Greens, which we've had for the past year. Uh, and yeah, so this... Uh, this led to some huge changes, and again, it looks like to be to be another really exciting year. Um, and as we've said already, elections are always unpredictable. Uh, whatever happens this year, we will see the committee system in its full operation for the first time, which aims to give all councillors more say. Um, some parties have used that as uh, a sort of talking point in their campaigning to say that you know this is sort of like if you're going to vote for a party. Um, that you wouldn't normally vote for, now is the time. Um, but yeah, as it's been said, elections are always really unpredictable. Lucy and I will be there at the count from 10pm all night until probably sunrise. <laughs> so it's going to be a long one. I actually saw um, <clears throat> there was someone on Twitter that was posting the other day about how there was like a by-election uh, somewhere else, I think it was in Ipswich, where they actually used like lasers every time someone announced the result. They had like, it was almost like clubbing, but at the yeah, election. They had lasers. <laughs> yeah, I want lasers. Head aside, I saw this at the weekend. And Why it, can't it we have lasers in Barnsley and Rotherham? It was that, crazy. That'd be amazing. Just, you know, like, I'll share it later. Um, but yeah, so that me and you awake. <laughs> yeah, it definitely gives a bit of a different vibe to uh, what, what it normally is. But um yeah, so we'll be there live tweeting all night uh, and you can expect to wake up to results on Friday the 6th of May. Or, of course, you can stay up with us if you want. I'm sure there'll be loads of takers for that. <laughs> um, so who are the runners and riders this year, Molly? Yeah, so as expected, we have Labour, Lib Dems and Green representatives running in every Sheffield ward. Um, there's quite a few other alternate, uh, different parties as well running. Uh, which include the Northern Independence Party, Women's Equality Party, Yorkshire Party, Communist Party of Britain, UKIP and Reform UK. Um, we have some big names up for re-election this year. That includes Terry Fox, current leader of the council, and Shafiq Mohammed, the leader of the Liberal Democrats, who will both be de defending. There's also a few uh, executive members who are up for re-election, Jane Dunn and Paul Wood. And, you know, we'll also be saying goodbye to actually quite a lot of councillors this year who are stepping down. Uh, Labour has six councillors stepping down, um, which includes current cabinet member Kay uh, MacDonald, alongstanding councillors Chris Rosing-Josephs. The Green Party has two councillors stepping down. That's Alison Teal, who's, who's really well known, and Calcium Rivers as well. Um, uh, but the Liberal Democrats are all standing again. 
uh, where where they're up for re-election. So yeah, there's so much going on, lots to get uh, stuck into. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting. We're only, uh, what is it now? Like two weeks out. weeks out. So yeah. 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 Okay. Well, Sheffield sounds like it's one to watch. I mean, even if there's no lasers, it still sounds like it's going to be an exciting election. Um, George, you're covering the run up to the mayoral election. Um, what what can you tell us about that? Hi, Danny. Yeah. So in short, I think, you know, it's safe to say that a lot of people in their respected areas would probably take a bit more interest in their local council because a lot of services are a bit more closer to home. But I think with the full devolution deal now in effect, uh, Dan Jarvis with his uh, juggling act of two jobs as Barnsley Central MP and South Yorkshire Mayor, you know, credit to him. He got elected with no real powers, no salary, managed to get the deal done after some pretty public infighting between uh, the four councils. We've got sorted now. That's in the past. Here we go. Fresh term. Uh, And there's six candidates uh, on the ballot paper from the Liberal Democrats, Conservatives, Greens, Labour, the uh, Conservative Party and Yorkshire Party, as well as the Social Democratic Party, or commonly known as the SDP, who see themselves as a bit of a Eurosceptic centrist party. Um, They uh, initially were formed after the split between uh, the the Gang of Four uh, in the 80s, who left the Labour Party, set up the SDP, and then that later merged with the Liberal Party to form the Liberal Democrats. So they're a kind of a continuation of that. Um, In short, This is going to be the bus election. There is other policy areas within this role that are very important, such as the environment, you know, energy, warm homes, businesses, business strategy will play quite a key role as well. But this really will be the bus election. And whoever gets elected, uh, if they seek re-election in 20, uh, what what we are now, 2022, in 2026, when the next one is, um, they will be judged mainly on how good is the bus system and tram system and local train system four years on after this election. So with the candidates and their manifestos, in short, there's going to be a bit of a theme. Buses are literally on top of every single agenda. This is one of the big powers that the South Yorkshire mayor will have. And there's a bit of a debate as to which direction we go in from this point. So we're going to start with uh, the Liberal Democrat candidate, Joe Watson, who people in Sheffield will know as uh, the Doran Totley uh, councillor. He uh, is, again, push- pushing for franchising powers uh, for buses. Um, there's a bit of a theme as well with this. So it's either the, the debate between public ownership and public control. Now, a lot of the candidates see public control of the network as the big first step to do with franchising. So that would take control of the network, in short, and tell the buses and the bus companies where to put buses. That's the that's the simplest way of kind of do it. It's going to cost a bit of money, but what they say is is that they take buses off really profitable routes, such as um, even my own bus route going down into town through Fretchville and Burlingmore Road, where they turn up every five minutes, or they should do anyway, they don't anymore. That's a very profitable route. Two companies run that. They take them off and put them somewhere else to serve more isolated communities. That's the simple way. So a lot of the candidates are backing that approach. So the Liberal Democrats with Joe Watton are saying they're going to franchise the buses, they're going to invest in more energy-efficient homes, uh, backing businesses as well from high-tech inward investment and uh, the green energy sector. The thing is the Liberal Democrats as well is that they've been quite clever in the sense that they've actually attacked Labour over the four years because it's been very uh, well-known that the four council leaders on every issue haven't exactly agreed. 
Uh, and obviously, from we, you know, we initially signed this deal in 2015, and it's only really in the last couple of years that we've actually got off the ground. This was because of the whole uh, split between Barnsley and Doncaster, who wanted to pursue this one Yorkshire deal with the rest of West Yorkshire and North Yorkshire, uh, which wasn't on the table with the government. Rotherham and Sheffield wanted to cr- crack on with the South Yorkshire deal, so they've been quite clever in their ele- electioneering to say, you know, we were one of the first places to get a city deal. We're now at the back of the queue. Uh, because local political leaders haven't got their act together, which, you know, is is correct, to be quite honest. So the Liberal Democrats will be wanting to do uh, better than they did last time. Uh, Barnsley Councillor, who stood last time, Hannah Kitchen, came third in the first round of voting. Uh, and, yeah, they're all hoping to do better. So we'll turn now to the Conservative, Conservative candidate, Clive Watkinson, who is a Barnsley businessman. He is standing for the Tories now. I really think that the, the, the Conservative Party, who came second in 2018, and as you'll remember, Molly, when me and you covered this election at the time, um, Dan Jarvis, who was standing, everyone thought it was going to go in the first round. It was all going to be done and dusted. But actually, it went to a second round of voting. Dan Jarvis obviously won by quite a healthy majority. But in fact, it went to a second round, actually surprised a few people. But the Conservative candidate was on a, was on a plane to Japan for a business trip. I actually wondered why I'd not seen him at the count. He was in the air on the way to Tokyo for a business trip. So they considered themselves not having a chance. They actually got to the second round of voting. So they'll be hoping to go one better. So, you know, the Conservatives, again, similar policy themes, improving public transport, helping business get make the most of global opportunities. Um, there hasn't been a single mention of Brexit in their, in their manifesto, which is surprising. But, you know, it's kind of suggesting with, with businesses, if they're not tied in with EU regulations, you know, we can help South Yorkshire strike trade deals and trade arrangements with other parts of the globe. But this is the interesting point that the Tories are getting at, is the fact that they want to work closely with government to improve the lives of everyone, because there's been a bit of a situation with the South Yorkshire Medical Command Authority, where there's having to bid for lots of pots of money, and it's not always been successful. So the Tories are saying, look, you elect a Tory mayor, we work with the Tory government, we will get the best for you, and then they Clive is, is doing it in other bits and pieces he sent me is the fact that, you know, they're going to build on the, uh, you know, the work of Teesside. You've got Tory Mayor West Midlands with Andy Street, another Tory Mayor who've, who've seemed to have worked quite well in that sense. So that's probably their trump card in that respect. We turn to Labour and Oliver Coppard, who um, will be probably best known for running Nick Clegg close in 2015. Um, it's safe to say that Labour, just, just quickly, it's safe to say that Labour are, you know, it seems to be a shoe in for Labour at this point. There doesn't seem really to be a really hot second candidate in this election. Um, I, using a football analogy, I know, you know, people often, some people don't like football, but this seems to me like Labour have got an open goal in the last minute and all they have to do is just, you know, not do anything stupid and they're going to win the game. I mean, that 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 seems to me where, where we're at. Doesn't really seem to be a, you know, a hot second candidate in this respect in terms of challenging Labour closely. I might be completely wrong at this point, but, you know, who knows? This is politics. Anything can happen. So, again, unsurprisingly, Oliver Coppard and Labour have really gone on the fact they want to take control of uh, buses. He's been very... He's been asking Hustings in the run-up to the election around, you know, what are you going to do about buses, public ownership, public control. Public ownership, he's he's basically said, look, I don't want to overpromise anything because there's nothing worse in politics than, you know, I'm going to say we're going to completely overhaul the bus network in six months and it's not, it's going to take a long process. You know, the franchising model 
is in play at the moment. And the, and the City region under Dan Jarvis, uh, before he steps down, is already looking into how we can bring buses into some sort of franchising public control method as they are doing in Manchester. So basically, Oliver Coppard has said, look, I'm going to give Andy Burnham a ring over in Manchester and Steve Rotherham in Liverpool, give them a call and ask them how they're doing this in terms... Because it's safe to say Manchester and Liverpool are further down the line with this and obviously South Yorkshire wants to catch up. So other things uh, Oliver Coppard's talking about, uh, it wants to develop a clean energy strategy uh, to drive down bills, um, you know, investment in the area. It's pretty, pretty standard stuff. Um, but again, buses, main thing, this is, you know, it's literally going to be the bus bingo up until the election because it's literally the, the, the main talking point on the ballot paper. Interestingly enough, uh, the Yorkshire Party is standing again. Uh, Simon Biltcliffe, um, you know, very successful Barnsley businessman. I mean, the one thing that stands out for him straight away, he says he's not going to accept his mayoral salary. I think it's about £85,000 to be the South Yorkshire mayor. He's going to give it all to charity. Um, very noble of him. And he basically saying that, you know, this for his party, South Yorkshire Devolution is a stepping stone to a wider and kind of the kind of the utopia for the Yorkshire Party is a, a devolved Yorkshire Parliament, similar powers to Scotland. I think that's, you know, some way off if that ever happens. But, you know, it does interest a lot of people. Interestingly, the Yorkshire Party actually finished second behind Labour in Rotherham and Barnsley. Sorry, Rotherham and Doncaster. This was in 2018. So they will be hoping to push on again. But I think, you know, the Conservatives will probably go second in a lot of these areas. So it's really interesting what they're uh, wanting to do. Again, transport, you know, introduce uh, cross-ticketing systems for public transport providers, moving towards electric and, hyd electric and hydrogen buses. Um, and Simon is, is spoke to me about, you know, around rejected government bids for cash. And he's basically said, look, we need to liaise with the government. We don't want to be hitting them over the head with a stick. We want to ask them the next time we go to them, we need to work more constructively with government to try and get these pots of money moving forward. So that's the Yorkshire Party, Simon Biltcliffe. And then we have um, David Betney, who is standing for the Social Democratic Party or the SDP. Um, you know, he classes himself as socially conservative and economically left-leaning. Um, he uh, is a former veteran, served in Bosnia, Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, spent 12 years in the commercial sector building businesses in Yorkshire and the Middle East. Now, you know, it's it's not suggested that, you know, the SDP are going to uproot any trees in this. But I think it does say a lot in this kind of role where, you know, somebody who has in, uh, experience of business, I think, will actually would be a relatively good candidate in this role because you are it is very business focused in the, in the Merrill Combined Authority. So he's, you know, he's been talking about, um, again, similar things from the other candidates are saying, but whether whether they make any breakways, I think this might be a bit of a bridge election for them if they need to, you know, kind of make a kind of make a stay. And I know the SDP are kind of coming back and standing more candidates across the country. Uh, and then we move to the Green Party, uh, for, uh, who um, Bex Wyman, full time senior analyst uh, living out of Sheffield. Um Again, with the Green Party, similar themes as what the Green Party said before. The environment is is going to be at the top of the agenda. Uh, she wants to protect green space, pushing for the redevelopment of brownfield sites. Again, with buses, she wants to bring uh, buses back under public control. But then she said, you know, in future, public control is the first step. And she wants initially, what you know, in the future, she wants public ownership. Um, you know, and she wants to push for the electrification of main railway main railway lines more walking and cycling infrastructure. Um, and then again, refurbishing old homes and, um, you know, getting apprentices, uh, apprenticeships 
back into the system, which is one of the uh, powers the mayor has is uh, starting apprenticeships. And she wants to focus on the green sector and the green jobs and the green economy. The interesting, I mean, safe to say this run up to the election, there's not been many big talking points. But I, w- I would probably say with the Green Party and, and Bex Wyman, the candidate, she did say in her manifesto that she would um, pause any uh, expansion of road projects and uh, any potential expansion of Doncaster Sheffield Airport. I don't know how legal that would be, uh, but she basically would say that, you know, we would pause any big projects which put more cars on the roads and put more planes in the air and run environmental assessments first and kind of to see is this the best for the environment with the current climate crisis that we're in. So that's only the real main kind of contentious point I've really kind of picked up on kind of covering this campaign. But it's safe to say, um, you know, another power the mayor has as well, it's it's very uh, interesting to point out, is that Manchester and Liverpool do this and so does London. There is uh, potentially the power to introduce a mayoral precept, which would put more money on the end of council tax bills. Now, I've worked this out in Manchester, and I know Andy Burnham has more powers than what the South Yorkshire mayor has, but in terms of mayoral combined authority precepts, it works out roughly at about £3.5 a year for South Yorkshire residents on the end of their bills. So Andy Burnham, with a cost breakdown, I was looking at his the other week, he basically saying this is going to pay for, you know, to look at uh, bus franchising and improving the uh, public uh, transport sector and giving extra concessions uh, to kids who travel on buses. And I think there is some free bus travel for some sections of the Greater Manchester public as well in terms of uh, younger people as well. So, um, but all candidates have ruled this out. They said they're not going to introduce a mayoral precept. Um, So with the gain share funding, which is £30 million a year um, initially, uh, that will rise with inflation. There's no real any extra money coming into the mayoral combined authority for projects unless they successfully bid for a government pot of money. So that's kind of the election in a nutshell. Um, just kind of, you know, I've kind of met, touched on it briefly. The main runners and riders, you can't really see past Labour, to be honest. But again, this is this is politics. Anything can happen. The, but interestingly, the only place that voted over half of their vote for Labour in 2018 was Barnsley. Over 70% of people in the first round of voting voted Labour in Barnsley. This was less than 50% in Doncaster, Sheffield and Rotherham. And where, you know, the opposition parties will be looking to gain votes, uh, the Liberal Democrats and the Greens did well in Sheffield. But outside of Sheffield, they they struggled. And then you go to Doncaster, the Tories did quite well in Don. I say quite well, they became second, third. The Tories did quite well in Doncaster, the Yorkshire Party did quite well. Very similar to Rotherham as well, but Barnsley was nearly 75% of the vote. So, like I've said before, you know, you can't really see past Labour, but as we've said before, anything can happen. They're, they're, they're quietly confident, but, you know, they're not counting on the chickens and uh, it will be interesting to see what happens from there. Thanks, George. It sounds like it's a really... Um bus focused election with the mayoral i mean from from what i've seen i've not even really dipped my toe into it but from what i've seen it has all been about the buses so it'll be really really interesting to see whoever's elected how they can live up to their election pledges because i know it's a really really complex um situation when it comes to the bus franchising there's a lot of legal uh loopholes to jump through um so we shall see um but over in barnsley we've got 21 councillors up for election um so it's one councillor for each ward we elect in thirds i mean i doubt that anything's going to top the excitement of the rockingham seat being decided by a coin toss last year um 
I mean, I don't know if we're going to get lasers. That might make it a bit more exciting. Um, there are some seats to keep an eye on, though, over in Barnsley. There's a couple of members of Sir Steve Horton's cabinet that are up for election this year. One of them is standing down, so we could potentially see some changes there. Um, I think one of the interesting seats to watch this year, again, is Rockingham, where long-standing councillor and the uh, council's deputy leader, councillor Jim Andrews, is up for election. Um, now, last year, Labour's Nicola Sumner held her Rockingham seat via a coin toss after tying with the Conservative candidate Roy Garrett. Um, they both won 1,084 votes. Um, and as I said, the Deputy Leader Councillor Jim Andrews, BEM, he served on the council since 1986 and he's up for election this year. Um, challengers for the seat are Karen Fletcher for the Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition, Susan Waters for the Lib Dems and David White for the Conservatives. So again, I think Rockingham's going to be a good seat to watch. But um, who knows? It's like you said, George, anything can happen in elections. Um, so that has been our Town Hall Tattle podcast election special for this month. Um, you can follow us all on Twitter. Um, we will be bringing you all the election results as they happen.